Good morning, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Tuesday, November 21st, 2023, and this is episode 572 of the Lots Project Podcast, where we're defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled Starter Plant Side Hustle, and it's time to start thinking about spring plant sales. Yes, I know it isn't even Thanksgiving, but this is the perfect time to start getting your side hustle in order. So I thought I would bring it around and talk about that a little bit today. But let's first grab a cup of coffee, catch up on what's going on in the live chat. And uh, we'll get to that topic in just a little bit. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Pip, thanks for swinging in. Uh, MSU Rifle, Gingerbread Farms, Digger and Jim already in the chat having a little conversation. What should we call Lots people, James says. Lots people need a name. That could be scary. That could be scary for sure. Says the OG. Lots people could be called feds, but uh, that joke has gone away. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if we're interesting enough or damaging enough for the feds to even give a shit about us. So I don't know if we have to worry about that. I don't know. What does uh, anybody else have any thoughts on a good name for uh, the Lots crew? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Get uh, get Kyle in here. Get some people. Um, <laughs> get some people uh, brainstorming there for some decent decent ideas for for the Lots members the nomadic link i'm not sure what that means but anyway uh what's in the cup today i have uh more of that silver bullet blend it's fantastic looks like gingerbread's drinking a mix mix of uh norman blend and perfect cup that actually um that actually sounds pretty good that actually sounds pretty good uh just so you guys know i got the the episodes laid out for this week I, uh, today doing this, uh, plant side hustle tomorrow doing the top 20 RV items that I have, um, decided are the top 20 after over a year on the road full time, uh, after a year full time in the RV just went and thought easily, uh, between Corey and I of 20 things that, um, we wouldn't want to be without, so we're going to go through that list, talk about them, and uh, tell you why they are on the list. Um, Gingerbread said, pretty sure we decided you are the Fed. Oh, Jesus, that's, um, <laughs> yeah, good luck with that one. Uh, Tuesday, that's Tuesday, today's Tuesday, that's Wednesday, Thursday on Thanksgiving, we're going to do Raising Turkeys, we're going to talk about turkeys on our farm. Nice little chat, see who's around on Thanksgiving. Who knows where that uh, discussion might go. Going to loosely base it on uh, raising turkeys up on the farm, pasture raised, getting them started, all sorts of fun stuff like that. And then uh, Friday, we're going to do the the Black Friday gift giving guide. Um, products that, uh, you know, some, some I have affiliates for, some I don't. Some are community members that have things for sale. And uh, just reaching out to to my 
core crew and uh, the people I know seeing and what they have available for thanks or Thanksgiving for Christmas and holiday gift giving. And um, yeah, I'm going to throw some things out there for uh, some gift ideas for people. So good morning, Kyle. How are you doing? Jim, Jim says it's all a psyop. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to meet the guy that came up with uh, came up with this as a psyop. I don't know about that, but um, and then on Friday we also have that two hundred and fifty thousand Satoshi giveaway. Um, yeah, that'll be a good one. That'll be a good one. Friday you're gonna want to show up Black Friday morning if you're out uh, if you're if you're out shopping, if you're out um, if you're just up in the morning, you have the day off. If you're at work, who knows? You're gonna want to show up and uh, enter the magic hashtag and get entered in the drawing if we get 25 people in on the drawing we will give away 250,000 satoshis <laughs> gingerbread says friday's the powerball like the real powerball or uh or the lots project satoshi powerball um uh, yeah yeah anyway anyway like i said silver bullet in the cup it is uh it is damn good Damn good. I'm glad I have a pound or two left of that to sprinkle in along with the rest of the coffee. Um, <laughs> and Hunter said this is a psyop, not a honeypot. <laughs> not a honeypot for sure. Definitely. Definitely not. It's a reverse catfish. <laughs> Put me out there. There's this really, really hot dude. Uh, that hangs around here that uh, when we reel you in, we, we bring out the real guy. <laughs> oh, man. Man. Uh, it, um, it poured rain all night last night. Um, all day, it was supposed to start raining. It was supposed to start raining. Uh, I was going to go over and help um, help my friends with their roof. And we preemptively called it off as a as a washout day. Got some uh, got some other plans going, and then man, it didn't rain. It didn't rain until about three minutes before we wanted to take the dogs for a walk. Dude. It was just when it started. It uh, sprinkled here and there. There was a huge line of storms coming through. We waited on it, waited on it, waited on it. Corey got done with work, and pretty much when she shut her laptop to be done with work and get ready. Um, <laughs> get ready to take the dogs for a walk we um man it's uh it just started raining and, and it's not as much that i don't want to go out in the rain it's that uh when we take these dogs in the rain first clyde gets super cold um because he has no fur and uh, he gets cold and shivery and super wet uh he soaks in even though he doesn't have a ton of fur he gets he gets really just deep wet and then the other boys um man with all those layers of fur they uh they just get soaked even if it's sprinkling even if it's misting they just like attract water and become just uh just absolutely soaked and then they come in here lay on the floors lay on the beds lay on the blankets lay on their cushions and their beds <laughs> and it's just a disaster if we can avoid getting them out in the rain um this saves us a lot of um a lot of headaches and i think the worst part is other than i mean i guess wet blankets is never fun but uh as they lay on the floor and get the floor wet it's like a slip and slide in here like the linoleum um they get it wet and it gets like a uh it's like an ice rink and yeah 
<laughs> it's it's interesting. It's interesting for sure. Kyle says they got snow coming tomorrow. How much you got? How much you got on the way? I am not um, not sorry that I am uh, not looking at snow in the forecast. I guess is uh, it, it, I think about it. Um, I still have Minnesota in my weather app, and I still kind of click over there every once in a while. It looks like they've been pretty having a pretty nice uh, fall into early winter there uh temps have been okay how has it been lately i haven't really checked in the last little bit have uh your co-workers said anything about any crazy storms or anything up there it's been been warm been warm talked to Corey's parents the other day and it was warm um yeah i don't know i don't know hopefully they have a warm winter i i don't i don't wish this shit on anybody i just didn't want to deal with it anymore so that's kind of how that goes um what happened yesterday yesterday morning Kyle says he's going to get five inches and then it's going to start raining tomorrow. <laughs> um, yesterday morning after the show, I got an email from uh, from a customer. Somebody was on the on the website. They they liked the the Bitcoin Bitcoin supply formula coffee mug that I've listed on the site. If you guys don't know, I have a bunch of coffee mugs listed on the lotsproject.com. And I've also started listing some in the, the YouTube shop. Um, I guess it comes with a Teespring account. I got I got all these different print-on-demand accounts that don't link to each other. One links to the website, one links to the YouTube channel, one is a standalone. But I, um, I have one link to the website, and I have a bunch of coffee mugs up there. And we, um, we have, have decent, decent eyes on it and, uh, got an email yesterday morning. Somebody was interested in, uh, Hunter says Hunter has the cup. Yeah, I do. I, I saw him on the side, uh, for Bitcoin directly. Uh, if anybody's interested, I can do lightning or, uh, on-chain Bitcoin for those. But I uh, I also took Bitcoin and Bitcoin Lightning on the site through BTC Pay. Had that set up, had been set up for a while. Um, I don't think it's been a year, but for some reason it wasn't working. It was a dead link. When you would go to complete the payment with BTC Pay, it was a dead link. So it wasn't working. Luckily, the, the gentleman that... Um, that was interested in the mug decided he was going to pay with a credit card and he did. And uh, the mug is on the way soon. It's in process if you're listening, but um, yeah, I got to dig in and troubleshoot BTC pay not working. Come to find out server had, um, I don't know if it wasn't enough traffic or uh, if it had been a year or what it had been, but I was like locked out of my account, like completely, completely locked out. Uh, to where I just said fuck it and uh, scrapped it and went back to the the crypto processing server that I used before. So crypto is back up uh, on the sh on the site. Uh, unfortunately, I only take Bitcoin. <laughs> I guess I do. I uh, I don't. There isn't Lightning functionality with cryptocurrency checkout. Uh, I could do lightning directly. If you're interested, you can always reach out to me. Anything on the site can be bought directly with lightning. Uh, but I had to, when I went back to cryptocurrency checkout, I had to select what I wanted to use. The last time I used it, I, um, 
<laughs> last time I used it, I, I took pretty much everything. And I've come to the come to the realization that all I want to deal with was is Bitcoin. Uh, and I left one other crypto there. Uh, it's a new privacy coin. Oh, not necessarily new, new to me privacy coin that um, my friend Norman has been telling me about. And uh, it's it's interesting. There's a lot of um, interesting functionality with it, and I might start messing around with it. So it just happened to be on the list. So I I, uh, I was making, I had a wallet right there already because I was already diving in and looking at a little bit from his suggestion and uh, contemplating some of the different stuff. Not necessarily as payment, um, not necessarily as payment as much but i see some very interesting possibilities with it for promotional stuff and different stuff but it's called pivx uh p-i-v-x uh if you're interested in it you can check it out i don't know a whole ton about it yet i am still uh still still a noob and looking into it but it, it definitely has some interesting features from what i can tell so far so I just happen to have that wallet uh, address available. I pop that in there. So basically on the site, you can pay with Bitcoin or Pivx. So uh, Kyle says uh, he hates a dead link, reminds him of his drinking days and and, and not drinking days from, from what Nicole says. Um, and Rewilder Life, good morning. Late this AM getting ice in the morning. I know it makes you miss the North. Uh, it really, it really, it really, it really hurts me. Uh, it warms my heart to uh, to hear people that are getting bad weather that are safe. I don't want to see anybody get shitty weather and then get an accident or wreck their car or cost themselves money. Just if you have to deal with it, and um, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. I feel for you, but I, I have a little bit of a, a snicker in the background. So, Jim says we're talking weather. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, what else we got on here? Um, got the got the Berkey filters uh, cleaned. You guys, you guys have a Berkey filter. Does it get um, does it get clogged up on you? Does it uh, <laughs> was it a uh, does it ever get clogged up? Does it slow down? I I found a um, I found something on YouTube a way back when we first got it. So we had really crappy. Um, we've had crappy water on the road. We had decent water when we were in Minnesota. Uh, oh no! Now the other the other Bernard's gonna lay on my blanket. Uh, the two, the two big sloppy ones were laying on Clyde's, on Clyde's bed next to the table next to Corey. And he came over here before the show and he was sitting next to me and there's hardwood or laminate floor next to me. And he kept looking at me like, I need something to lay on. And the, the two big guys had the other bed occupied. And so I gave him my, my little foot blanket that I have underneath my, my seat here for when the floor is cold and I'm barefoot. I can put my feet on this uh, crocheted blanket, Corey Mamie. So I, I slide it out there to let Clyde lay on it. And he did. He, like, tried to curl up on it. It's just, like, this little. It's, you know, like, two feet by three feet. And he curls up on it. And then he leaves. Well, now the big sloppy another one is just laid down on it. So my foot blank is probably going to be all nasty. Yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, um, have you guys, uh, 
you guys ever had your Ber- Berkey filters? Oh, rewild their life. <laughs> Get her started on Berkey filters. I'm still, I'm still upright. I'm still upright after six years, seven years. So I don't know. It is what it is. It is what it is. I think, uh, I think there's a lot of money behind, um, what's going on with Berkey, but I don't use the, I don't use, uh, some of the filters that are in question, but anyway, the, the outside will get, uh, sediment on it. Um, just from the action of pulling the water through it, it gets coated. Uh, I saw, I saw something to where you can clean that off with a Scotch-Brite and man, it, it definitely does work. You take them out, you rinse them off from the outside, um, and scrap, uh, and scrub them with Scotch-Brite. It gets all that residual, like really heavies, um, or, uh, a large sediment off the outside. And once it's clean, um, oh, Jim, there's been long long battle over whether Berkey is effective and they did a bunch of testing. There's a lot of independent testing out there. I think the black, the black filters, the Berkey blacks have always done. Okay. Um, the, um, the chlorine, I think the chlorine, Rachel, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the chlorine filters or the fluoride filters are the ones that are, are in discussion. I think the blacks are, are normally seem like they come out okay. It's the the secondary filters that are are leaching. I think the the secondary chlorine filters are leaching aluminum into the water because that's the process that it uses to remove fluoride and chlorine from the water. MSU rifle says carb cleaner works great for cleaning them. That's fantastic i don't i don't know if you're joking or not i don't know if i'd be spraying carb cleaner on anything um rewild their life says they're better than nothing but they're better there are better options yes i i do i do uh i do agree with that um and if you have money sunk into a berkey i wouldn't throw it out i wouldn't throw it out That is, a, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, yes, it's the other, uh, Rachel says it's the other. Uh, the black filters, what they built their kind of, their reputation on are, are solid. It's the it's the other filters. And there's, there's uh, some issues, I guess. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, it is on my list for, um, for RVing because we had it, basically. We had it. And um, I've been doing all right. I've been doing all right so far. But anyway, I got those cleaned out. They've been working a lot better. You can tell uh, we go through a ton, a ton of water with the dogs and we filter all their water uh, and our water and our cooking water and pretty much anything that goes in our bodies or their bodies gets filtered. So um, we go through a lot of water. It'll slow down. We'll get behind on water filtering capacity. And we know at that point it's time to pop them out and uh, scrub them down and rinse them off, repressurize them. And, uh, not pressurize them, but re-blow the air bubbles out and get them reinstalled, and then it takes off and works just fine. So, yeah, there's that. There's that. Hunter says so. Keep the Berkey on the Christmas list. I mean, depends on your situation, I guess, and what you're using it for. If you have well water and um, you're not trying to filter the the fluoride out of it um the the chlorine out of it i think the chlorine 
I I have to read the study again, Hunter. I really do. It wasn't anything where I was throwing mine out. Um, and uh, but I think I would I think I would look at um, I don't know I don't know. Do your own research. <laughs> do a Google search. You'll have plenty of reading for sure. You'll have plenty of reading for sure. Um. Anyway, we're at twenty minutes. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's move on to the topic today: the the seed starting side hustle. Ah, reverse reverse osmosis removes everything. Yes, yeah. Um, and Jim says he's considering reverse, reverse osmosis. Yeah, um, yes. Yes, that that is true. That is very true. Uh, and it all depends on what you're what you're willing to do and what you're willing to spend on uh, installing your system. And it is water. So, yeah, you know, take take that for what it is and do your own research. Maybe one day uh, I'll do an episode on water filtration uh, since I have worked in wastewater. Um uh have worked in wastewater and water filtration and water treatment several different times in my life so maybe i should do an episode on that we'll see we'll see i'd have to do a ton of digging to make sure i advise people right at that point anyway let's uh let's talk about this seed starting seed seed starting side hustle that uh we ran a few years uh several years actually on the farm uh, once we realized that we started seeds for ourselves and we started a decent amount of uh, a decent amount of seeds for ourselves. We had the first year we did it on the farm, we had leftovers. We kind of put two and two together and said, why don't we sell these? We have all these big shelves that we're starting these, these seeds on. Why don't we start extra and sell them? It kind of teetered. Um, it took some time, some figuring out, some uh, some mishaps, some some things that we wished we had done before at the end of every year. And so I thought I would bring an episode around with uh, what we really ended up with and what worked the last couple of years. We were pretty successful with it. Um, I would say behind Comfrey, seed sales were pretty consistent every year. We did we did solid um, with them. The one thing about it is it's a one and done. Um, it's a one and done payment. Like you're not going to make a living selling plant starters. Does that mean you're not going to, um, does that mean, uh, does that mean you can't start a small nursery and make a living off propagating plants and selling plants and trees? And I'm not saying that. This episode is basically focused on um, this episode is basically focused on garden starts. And you're going to ask why I am doing this in November when everybody starts plants in, I don't know, March starts plants. I don't know. I think some people some people it sounds like they start plants um, beginning of February, mid-February. Uh, we started them a little ways later than that because you have to base it on when they go in the ground. But it's spring and we're here in November talking about getting snow. This is when you're going to want to start. This is when you're going to want to start thinking about it. This is when you're going to want to start planning it. This is when you're going to want to get everything around and start letting people know that you're going to be doing it. 
it's a long cycle. It's a long cycle getting um, getting orders, getting pre-orders. It's a long cycle starting and growing them and eventually getting them to the people that ordered them. So getting started now isn't a bad idea. It, um, let's see how I, right now, if I was starting from zero, I, I put a list together of how I would kind of walk through it. Um, seed catalogs, are they showing up yet? We, we, we canceled all ours. Well, we didn't forward all ours to a new address, but are seed catalogs starting to show up now? I think it's usually November, December seed catalogs are going to start showing up. Uh, you're going to start looking at them. You're going to see all the cool stuff that you did grow, all the stuff that you wish um, that you wish you had grown last year, the stuff you were successful with, the stuff that you didn't weren't successful with. <coughs> all depends on uh, on your climate, your growing ability. But what I did base the seed starting business out of was what I was growing, was what I was going to put in the ground anyway. It really, in the end, at the end of the year, uh, you'll see why uh, you you decide to do what you're going to do. So, yeah, I got my Fedco. Yeah, yeah. Seeds catalogs are coming, and uh, and this is great. So basically, you're going to look through your seed catalog. You're going to find out what you want to grow, um, the staples of what you want to grow. You're going to go through and and the stuff you're going to focus on for starting, it's going to be peppers, it's going to be um, uh, spicy peppers and, and sweet peppers and bell peppers and tomatoes of all different kinds, large, small cherry tomatoes. I think that's basically what we ended up in the end selling, wasn't it? Peppers and tomatoes. That's what we ended up selling the most of. That's kind of what we gravitated towards in the end. Like, obviously, you're going to put the work into what sells. Um, but when you say peppers and tomatoes, you're like, oh, my God, that's only two plants. Well, we were selling tons and tons of varieties of those. Like I said, bells, um, um, spicy sweet peppers, uh, super spicy peppers, uh, all sorts of different tomatoes. There's a million different types of tomatoes that you can start. So as I was looking through those, I was picking the ones that we wanted for us. That went on the list for sure. I'm jotting them down as I went through the seed catalogs. I would pick the stuff we grew that we knew we wanted to grow. The, the, the specialty things that we grew the year before that we, we, um, we knew we wanted to grow again. Uh, and then as I got that list developed, I would look at all the cool things, all the cool names uh, I think one of them that we got attracted to was like a chocolate, a chocolate bell pepper, um, different types of tomatoes with really cool names or cool. Uh, they look interesting because then you can take you can take the pictures from the the seed catalog and put them on your advertising. But what you're looking to do is have a pre-sale list of of um of plants you're going to sell you want to make that finalized list here november december early december you're going to want to know what you're going to be starting for your garden not necessarily everything that's going to be in your garden you don't start everything direct so is uh is the majority of what you're going to do but your starts your tomatoes your peppers um get that list of what you're going to start the stuff for you the stuff you want to try 
And then with that list, you're going to want to make a uh, an order sheet, a pre-order sheet. Basically, I'm interested in this plant and how many, this is my name and contact information. It's going to be, you can do it in a spreadsheet. You can add cool graphics. You can add pictures, like I said. You can make it digital. You can make them hard copies. But you're going to make a pre-order sheet of everything you decided you were going to start. Don't need any numbers yet. Don't need to buy anything yet. Don't need to uh, don't need to do anything like that. Basically, you're making a list. Stuff that you're going to start. Stuff that you're going to want to start anyway. You might have seeds still. You might need to buy new seeds. You might have saved seeds from this, the year before from your strong plants. At this point, it doesn't matter. We're in December. We're, it's, we're still in December. We're going into the holidays. You get your pre-order sheet. You have it, like I said, digitally, you have it, um, you have it uh, hard copy, and you're going to start getting it out there. You're going to make flyers, you're going to, you can make a flyer with your pre-order sheet, you can have an email, you can set up a Gmail dedicated to that. Gmail is fantastic. Everybody hates Google. I hate Google. Google fucks with my shit all the time. But they do make it easy to make free email addresses and um, check them and switch between them. Make a email address for your seed starting. Put that on the thing so you're not getting spam because I would guarantee you if you're any sort of populated area and you put flyers up with information on it, your name and number are going to be on lists and you're going to get spam, you're going to get blah it is it's a it's the it's the price you pay for advertising publicly. You put your phone number or email address in Craigslist ads or Facebook posts bots skim those they pick them up and they put them on lists and they sell the lists so make a make a free email address to use make your flyer and start distributing it places i used to put it i would put it at in gas stations like on the little flyer boards or wherever they had advertising local advertising um people for hire things like that i put a nice big sign with the like tear the phone number off or um a, a, a stack if it was available if it was someplace that it worked a stack of order sheets where people could just take one um fill it out and then email it back to me uh and that's kind of how i spread it gas stations hardware stores uh we both would take them to work co-workers are a great um um Hold on one second. Oh, nice. I'll have to. Sorry, you guys. Uh, Rachel just dropped an awesome tip in there. I wanted to make sure I got it started so I don't forget it. Um, but basically, going out, getting it everywhere people are, especially people that grow gardens. So, you know, the gas station, everybody goes to the gas station. Hardware store, people are in and out of there. Talk to your coworkers. Um, network on Facebook, any local Facebook groups. Um, and I shouldn't just say local. We sold plants in like a 90 mile radius. So it's not just like your neighbors. Um, when it comes to the plant sales, either they're going to come and pick them up or you're going to deliver them. But, but what I said in the beginning, it's a one shot thing. It is a one, one and done day. So maybe two, a weekend. So you're going to have people that are going to come and pick them up. And you're going to have people you're going to deliver them to. So if it's an hour away, it's one, one trip. 
It's not a weekly CSA kind of thing. It's basically a one and done sale. And you make sure you target pockets of areas. So when you um so when you when you sell several in that area, that absorbs the travel cost. If you can sell them at work and you're going there anyway, um even better even better and then ultimately people coming to you to pick them up is is ideal by by uh sorry guys uh is ideal (coughs) uh to save on travel and time james says he just sucks at selling don't sell let let your information sell itself um put the put it out there this is the type of thing that's going to be passive it's going to be early and at some point, you're, you're, you're going to want to be full. You're going to run out of room to start plants. So you're going, to get those, you're going to get those flyers out there. You take them to your holiday events. Get your friends and family to buy them or people that they know. Um, bring extras to holiday get-togethers where you can send some with people that are like, oh, my neighbor does a garden. They would probably love to buy plants. All right. So you're going to do this for... Um, for December-ish into January, you haven't ordered seeds yet. You have an idea what you want to start. You're going to get your pre-orders in that you've been doing all the work. You made the sheet. You got it out there. You you got some orders back. Uh, I got uh, a list of all the plants that people are interested in. I'm going to order those seeds plus what I want to start plus about, eh, we would usually double it, really. Uh, I've never, I've never had an issue having extra seeds and saving them. So we would probably double what we wanted to start and what we pre-sold because a, we're going to have losses. You're going to start loss. You're going to start in the hole. You're, you're going to have seeds that aren't going to germinate. You're going to have seeds that uh, eventually die off. Uh, you don't want to be right on the number with the money or right on the money with the number and, uh, end up short, um, because you're going to end up planting less of your own and and giving those to the customers that want them because you like money. Uh, So order enough seeds for yours, enough seeds for your pre-sales, and then about double that to start for losses. And then after, after the fact sales, people that know what they want and, and think ahead are going to be your pre-order people. You are going to sell probably more after the fact, when it's time to put plants in the ground and they don't have any and they're searching on Craigslist and Facebook and um, next door looking for plants because they didn't think about it in December. December is going to give you your baseline of what you want to order. And the excess is what you're going to use to sell out when it's time to put them in the ground. So order your plants, figure out what day you have to start them. Look in your area. This is not a blanket statement because I have people from Florida to Michigan. Like I can't give you a date to start your plants, but look at your look at your average frost date. Look at the date you normally get your tomatoes in the ground when you put your your tomato plants out. When you pl- put your uh, your pepper plants out, look at that date. Look at the date that you normally start your seeds. Like you're going to be the average you're going to you're going to target what you do things change um um uh, circumstances uh surroundings change 
uh, things go slower, go faster. Some people like them in later at, at larger size plants. Some people like them in smaller, uh, earlier with a smaller plant. Just get that general day. Um, and keeping a farm journal, keeping a farm journal of your plant, your starter plants, and when they go out and how they do, that is a, is a big help in figuring this all out. But figure out the date you want the plants to go in the ground, count back to the date you have to start them, and get your dates on a calendar. Get your dates in your head. Get alarms in your phone so you don't miss this opportunity, not just for yourself to prep your garden and make your garden better, but to probably pay yourself back for all the seeds that you're putting into your garden. That was our initial goal was to have free planting in our garden to pay for our seeds. Well, it easily gets beyond that very quickly. You don't have to sell very many starter plants to, um, to cover the costs of your seeds. So get your pre-order list, your amount, get the amount that you need, double that and get them started. I, I would even go further than that. And depending on where your seed starting setup is, start them all, fill it, fill it. Why not? I mean, in the end, how much did that seed? Now, I don't, I don't mean to start, start um, things that are like $7 a seed, super specialty rare things. Fill out your space with, um, with a, with beefsteak tomatoes or some Matt's cherry tomatoes were always a good seller. Like, Fill out all that extra space with pretty generic, um, popular items. Have lots of specialty things, smaller amounts of specialty things. Like I mentioned, the chocolate tomatoes. And the there were a ton of different cherry tomatoes that were really cool. Um, the names are escaping me now. It's been like two, three years since we've done this. Uh, but uh, focus on the names. Focus on when you hear it, you're like, that'd be really cool to try. So if you saw it on a list and you could buy one, you could buy two to try. You didn't have to buy the seeds, start the seeds and waste the money if you didn't like them and get a packet of 50 seeds. Um, so get those lists and then evaluate your starting system. Our whole system ran on, I think we only ended up with one rack. Uh, for seed starting, maybe, maybe one and a half, but we do use the, the tough rack, the four by two wire shelving um, with 10, 20 trays on the shelves. And then we started plants in uh, the little plastic, or like two by two or three by three um, starter plant pots. And that's all we did. We used potting mix. Uh, we've used potting mix mixed with our, um, potting mix mixed with our compost we basically started everything like we were going to start them for our garden however we we're going to do that we started them msu rifle says clyde's clyde's garden planner is great for telling you when to start seeds i've never used clyde's but um check it out check it out clyde's garden planner um so our setup two by four um tough rack uh garden or um, garage rack uh, with the adjustable shelves, we would space them out so that we had a decent amount of room uh, between each one because the plants are going to grow. They're going to start off small. They're going to get bigger. That's how plants work. And then we would use um, 
the Barena four foot lights on chains. Chains so that we could drop them down when the plants were starting and raise them up as they grew so we didn't get super tall, lanky plants because the light was so far away. As I was doing um, research for today, I, I couldn't remember how to spell the Barena if it had one N or two. So I went to, went to Amazon and looked up the Barena forefoots and look at that. They were on sale, 15% off for Black Friday. I dropped the link in the video notes um, or excuse me, on uh, in the chat. You want to check those out at some point. They are 15% off. They are a great deal. They work great. We use those for pretty much everything. We used them for our hydroponics. We used them for our seed starts. We used them for our microgreens. Um, yeah, we were very successful with them. <coughs> and the price is right for sure. And at 15% off, it, it, the price is even better. At full price, they are uh, they are good. But plan on start doing any... Uh, Needing to upgrade any LED grow lights, I would definitely check those out. And um, and I I can't I can't yeah I recommend them for sure. They they work well for what uh, what we did. Um, Gingerbread Farm says he keeps the two foot and the four foot on hand at all time. We we definitely had two foot and four foot. We always went with the pink ones. And at the end of the farm time, the the pink, the white ones were becoming popular. I have never tried the white ones. I've, um, I've heard good, good results from them. I've heard that they've worked well. That would have been nice. Our house was pink for, um, for years, the whole house, like different, different, um, different areas, uh, with different stuff growing, but all with the pink lights. Rewild their life says she just needs more space. It was in our living room. Four by two in the corner in our living room went from floor to ceiling. I think we would do five shelves and then also suspend lights from the ceiling. So we didn't lose that top shelf because we didn't have light above it. So that was, um, you can fit a lot of starter plants in five, two by four by five shelves. We could fit four 10, 20 trays per shelf. So 20, 10, 20 trays full of, um, of the small pots. And I think, what were they? Six, six starter pots per 10, 20 tray, six, 25. Yeah. Yeah. Hundreds of plants. <laughs> it, it, it was a lot. It was more than six. It must've been more than six. Corey says it was like 18 or 20. That is the thing though. As, uh, as you get closer to the end, as you get closer to the end. So you're growing them out. Let's get back to this list. Let's get back to this list. So you got all your pre-orders in. You're still putting teasers out there. Still putting... Um, still putting the... You're still putting teasers out on social media. You're still talking to people. You're still... Um, you still advertise you talk about when you run into people uh at the hardware store at the gas station just randomly talk to them don't try to sell to them just bring it up in conversation that you're starting plants hey do you garden oh what do you what are you excited about growing in your garden this year oh i sell tomato plants uh maybe you maybe you start your own maybe you know somebody that needs some um here give them get them get a, get a hold of me tell them where they can find you Tell them I have a post on Nextdoor. I have a post on XYZ Facebook group. 
I have a post on Craigslist. Just search this term. And uh, a hot tip for putting things on Craigslist, if you want to, I don't even know if Craigslist, do you, does anybody use it anymore? Jim says business card. Business card costs you money. Um, one thing you can do, cheap, easy fix for a business card is make yourself a QR code to whatever you want. Uh, you can do that on qrmonkey.com. Uh, Check it out. It's easy to use and it's free. Make a QR code for whatever website or um, or anything you want them to go to and take a screenshot of it or save it as a, as a file and make it the wallpaper on your lock screen of your phone. So basically when somebody you're talking to somebody and you're like hey uh they're like hey can i get your number uh, you got a website or anything you hit the button on your phone and it's a qr code they scan it and it goes wherever you want them to go um <laughs> gingerbread says i give away i give everything away because bribes work yeah that's that's not selling anything that's just giving shit away but um that's a great way to to lead people. Uh, if Craigslist is still a thing, I used to put a um, a unique search term or not search term, but a unique word in all of the ads, so you could tell somebody to search whatever term, and it will re re spit out all of um, spit out all of your um, information all of your listings excuse me uh and then also there was a um there was an option on craigslist to include posts by author i think uh i i sold a lot of shit on craigslist so i just i just messed around with that a lot um jim says qr code on lock screen is genius uh hanging laundry said craigslist is still functioning that's good that's good it was a it was a a, a solid outlet for especially this type of stuff uh, starter plants when when planting season started uh there was a frenzy on on um on craigslist so keep putting the posts up keep putting posts up about your pre-sale put posts up with pictures of the plants growing on facebook and and just reminders that come planting time i'm gonna have plants be sure to pre-order now because i run out every year limited availability tell people as you're getting um <laughs> as you're getting closer keep letting people know that you run out that they need to let you know now or they won't get any um make it attractive to the customers with pictures of what's actually going on and also include pictures like i said from the seed catalogs that have the end plant the cool looking your your um your showpiece plants um the cool looking peppers the the super spicy ones that'll that'll turn your lips inside out um whatever whatever showpiece ones pick one from each category of plant and and promote that 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 helps um <laughs> That helps uh, uh, catch attention and makes people wonder what what you're talking about. So, like I said, um, growing them out. Uh, the quick tip earlier was uh, make sure you keep those lights at an appropriate distance from your plant. You don't want uh, some years we ended up with super tall, huge plants. By the time uh, by the time it was time to get them to the customers, 
really tall, lanky, not the best plants. They were strong plants, but they weren't the best plants. Uh, if you adjust your lights, get very good at that first uh, eight, six to 12 weeks or whatever it is uh, before you get them in the ground. Uh, get those plants strong. Keep them looking good. As it comes closer to um, them being ready, follow up with all those pre-order customers. You might find out that they forgot that they got plants from you and then they wanted to get plants from anybody else. I never... I understand the concept of you don't have a sale unless you have money in your hand. I also understand the concept of I don't want to have to give people money back if for some reason my whole crop fails. If for some reason we're gone and the power goes out and um, the lights don't go on or whatever, for whatever reason, my whole system fails. If I get, if I got mold spores somehow in all the soil and they all got moldy and they all died, I don't want to have to pay people back. I get that that limits um, those for sure sales. I get, uh, and, and in a lot of situations that is um, appropriate to do. I never found taking deposits on these, unless somebody offered, if somebody wanted to, to prepay, perfect. Okay. I never asked for money up front. But I did keep in contact. Um, um, hold on one second. Hang on, laundry. I'll get to that. Uh, I never really, I never pushed for deposits, but I always kept in contact with them. An email, a text message, um, not constant, but as time approached, make sure that they were, they were ready to, to receive the plants. They were ready to put them in the ground at the appropriate time. Uh, they were ready to take care of them if they didn't have their garden prepped. But just keep it on the radar that they ordered plants for you, that you have accounted for them in your numbers. As you get closer, you're going to get a solid number of what plants you still have left to sell. You're going to put them in a spreadsheet or on a, on a notepad. You're going to start taking orders. You're going to put it out there and say, I have this amount left. Maybe put it a little lower. If you got 40 tomato plants, say you got five left, five left, five left, five left, 10 left, something a little closer so it doesn't look like you keep selling the same plants, but maybe, maybe look a little, make it a little scarcer than, uh, than what you have. Um, you're going to try to keep selling them before the fact you're going to try, you're going to have a date that you're going to distribute them, which is makes sense for your growing zone. When we were in Minnesota, we had three different growing zones we were selling to. Like I said, we sold 90 miles in one direction, in every direction, I guess. So that was a 180-mile span. There were three growing zones in that. Um, <laughs> that's right. Hunters uh, send them up-to-date pics. Here's little Jimmy getting so big. Yeah, have fun with it. Have fun with it. But we had we had three different three different rounds of plants going because we had three different growing zones we were selling into. When we were actually giving tomato plants to the people in the southernmost growing zone, uh, there was usually snow on the ground in the up in the in the in the the furthest north one. And I think it was uh, a spread of three to four weeks from bottom to top. <laughs> so it was a lot to manage. If you're in your local area, if you're doing it in your neighborhood, it's a way easier because you're all in the same damn climate. You should be all putting your plants in at the same time. Um, so now you're to distribution time. Um, 
Hanging Laundry said, I'm assuming that you planted was not transplanted into bigger pots. Sometimes, depending on the plant, depending on how well it grew, depending on when the customer can get it, depending on what the customer wanted. Some wanted a little later and a little bigger. Um, that was the nice part about dealing with pre-orders is that's information you can convey before, ahead of time. You can plan for that. As we got closer and we had plants left over, we definitely transferred them into some larger plot, pots and kept trying to sell them along the way and increase the price as it went. We didn't sell anything that was going to be permanently in pots. Everything that we sold was going to go in the ground or into a garden, into a production garden. Uh, that brings me back to what Rachel, uh, Rachel said. Uh, Rewilder Life said that uh, someone she knows makes bags selling plants and pots that will stay in pots. She does herbs and lettuce and herbs and lettuce planters too. We considered that. Um, I didn't want to spend the money on the the pots, so I was trying to come up with um, planters to build out of pallet wood or something like that. But um, that is definitely. That is definitely a uh, an option, selling herb planters and things like that. So as your plants are ready, you're going to contact those customers. You're going to get those orders all set up, figuring out when they're going to pick them up, when you're going to deliver them, all of that. And you're going to have your lifts of leftovers. Look for local plant sales. Um, lots of communities have them. Smaller communities have them. Uh, churches have them. Uh, reach out to them. See if you can set up a table. Uh, usually be gone real quick. Um, stand outside Home Depot for a minute if they have uh, plants for sale outside Home Depot and look at and stand around and you see people looking at them saying, hey, that doesn't look really good for the same price. I got uh, I got some plants in the car or at my place. Just start a conversation with people that are looking to buy what you're already going to buy. Now, if your plants look like shit compared to the Home Depot ones, you probably shouldn't be doing this anyway. But... Don't uh, don't try to sell them something inferior product. But if you're starting them at home, I have a feeling they're going to look way better than Home Depot plants, and you're going to have a wider variety, and the cost for what they're going to get is going to be way better. Uh, I didn't talk about pricing. Base it off Home Depot. Base it off the box stores. Base it off your local nurseries. Do a little research when it comes time. See what people are selling them for. This is. It's hard in the first year. You will you will eventually um, know from the year before what um, <laughs> what what uh, what you're going to price those at. Um, it's all local. It's area to area. Uh, no one was buying eight dollar plants where we were. Eh, actually, no, yeah, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. Um, do your local research. Look at your big box stores. Look at your nurseries. Uh, year to year to year, you're going to come up with a uh, a cost at the beginning. Man, multiply it out, divide it, and and see what it costs you for your seeds and your soil and your and your pots to get started. Um, offer discounts for people returning the pots, or even just ask them politely. Hey, when you put that in the ground, if you could save those for me, um, I'll pick them up sometime. Saving, reusing pots is a way to save money. Uh, definitely keep your 1020 trays, keep them stacked up and use them over and over and over every year um, to, to house those plants. Your lights are a one-time cost. I don't know if you can, um, 
Gingerbread says, I wonder if a nursery would consign or buy from you. So I actually had on my list here, I was working with um, a couple of different community plant sales to provide their plants for them. Uh, in the spring, they would have fundraisers. Uh, it was a church. One was a church and one was a, a community organization that I saw on um, Craigslist and Facebook that they were having plant sales. I reached out and I said, hey, who provides your plants? And they're like, well, we just try to find them. We'll go to Home Depot and buy lots or this and that. And I said, well, how many do you need? I would like to provide XYZ tomato plants or whatever to your to your fundraiser. They will give you a price what they can pay for them. And then it's a big bulk order. Obviously, they're going to need leave room to make money for them. That's what happens. So you're going to have to take a little less price. But if you can sell 100 plants at a time, or 50 plants at a time, it makes it worth it. So yes, um, consigning or or wholesale selling of, of starter plants works also. Um, obviously, the more hands they go through, the less money you make, but it's a way to get rid of large amounts um, and it's not a lot of work. So another idea there. Um, get that pickup and delivery figured out, get your plants distributed, um, start having fire sales or, uh, as you have leftovers and it's getting later in the season, you're getting to the point where people aren't going to plant. There's always going to be those late comers that really need some at the end. They totally forgot. They didn't get their garden, be their savior, charge them accordingly, charge them accordingly. And if all else fails, you can either compost your plants or you can put them in your own garden. You can put them in uh, we had what we call the garbage garden, which was basically all the stuff that was left over. The leftover starter plants, the ones that just are extras that we started for us that um, we had an amazing, amazing turnout and just had extra plants. Put them in the garden uh, or put them in the compost or give them away, donate them. Um, uh, yeah. Gingerbread says, oh, no, I'll make less money on my near zero investment. Correct. After you get your uh, after you get your your lights, your infrastructure, your 1020 trays, your uh, bulk order of potting pots, uh, starter pots, things like that. Man, once you have that all in place, it's a very cheap, cheap side hustle to run. And what you ever you can make out of it, like I said, just trying to break even on your garden shouldn't be hard. And once you see see what you can make off it, um, making more just makes sense. Starting more, starting to your capacity of your grow system makes sense. And man, everybody's looking to buy plants. Everybody's looking to buy plants. And if you can provide plants that look better than uh, Home Depot, you should sell them all. You should sell them all. Uh, just get the word out there that you're selling them. Uh, the first year is kind of rough. When people start coming back, when people start talking about how well your plants did, um, one thing I always, I, I tried to ask customers for pictures of their garden, pictures of the plants, recommendations, feedback, uh, what could have gone better, what could have gone worse, just to make yourself better every year. Should the plants have been more uh, compact and uh, and thicker stems, more uh, more long and lanky, you can adjust your lights for that. Were they Did they feel like they were too watered? Were they not hardened off? Make instruction sheets for your plants, um, how to harden them. If you haven't, if that's not a service you provide, you can also provide hardening services for an upcharge. Um, that's the taking them in and out, getting them ready to go outside. Uh, 
write up instruction seats, how to get them in the ground, how to take care of them initially, and uh, possibly how to harden them off. And uh, yeah, then you're done. Then you're done. Wait till next year. Yeah, MSU says, uh, MSU Rifle says, and from that to those people, then promote your biochar, your compost, your compost tea, your comfrey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're talking to all those people, just keep going. Um, Hunter says, I have one tray, one shelf, one light. I wouldn't mind trying leaves. We have an oak and a pecan in the yard. Yes, um, one tray is going to be tough. Is going to be tough, but if you have four by two spot and you can go floor to ceiling, you can do plenty of plants to make a little bit of side cash. Anyway, guys, we're at an hour. <coughs> I'm at the bottom of my list. You're out there selling all your plants and um, take really good notes. Keep a journal of it. Um, you should anyway for your garden, for your homestead, but this is going to be invaluable when you come to this time next year and you're sitting there going, man, I really wish I knew how it went last year. What I need to do better, what I should start more of, what people were interested in, the prices I, the prices I used, the, the money I made. If you keep track of all of that in a notebook and you open it up a year later, being the one time of year, one time a year thing, like a one and done, it's a long time and there's a lot of stuff that happens in between. So definitely keep a track of it, keep track of how you did and uh, try to improve every year. Any other questions, you can always uh, find me at my website. You can uh, you can pop in for a 30-minute consult if you wanted to go over that some more. Uh, free one. First one's free. Uh, let's talk about plant starters. We can talk about comfrey, Bitcoin, whatever, really. Um, homesteading. Uh, the list the list goes on and on that I'm willing to uh, to bullshit with people about. So let's... Uh, let's schedule an appointment and we can talk other than that uh please hang out for uh, the rest of the week in the shows uh i think everybody's going to be off a little bit we are going to be going five days this week i also have a um wednesday afternoon live we're going to be doing the after party we're going to be talking about nomadic life simplified living things like that so two central on wednesday afternoon and then the audio podcast will come out after that so check it out if you're going to be around check it out if you're going to be around. Other than that, if you'd like to participate in the live comments, you can always join the live recording Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Central on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Be sure to hit that like button, guys. If you're in the live, hit those likes. That always helps. And if you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find all the links to my social media services. I offer recommended products and companies I'm affiliated with at thelotsproject.com. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcasts, 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys. It's uh, it's a Tuesday. Hopefully the sun comes out today and uh, we will be back with you tomorrow for top 20 RV items that I've come up with after being on the road for a year. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you then.